welcome back to the place where music means more. This is Three Songs in the Truth with your host, Landon Hornacek. Hi and hello everyone. Welcome back to Three Songs in the Truth where music means more. I'm your host, Landon Hornacek. In last week's episode, we discussed three life-changing songs. And this week, we're going to present to you three songs that rock our socks off. So songs that make you want to get in your car, roll down your windows, turn up the volume, and make the car next to you very, very mad. Rock music has always been a favorite of mine, thanks to our, uh, not our host, but our guest, Mike Hornacek, my father. How's it going, Mike? It's going great. Just great? Just (laughs) great. That's all? All right, well, we're going to hop right on into the first three songs. We're going to hear Mike's songs first. So, Mike, what's your first song? Well, the the first song is uh, definitely from a band that would rock your socks off, has often rocked my socks off, but the song is definitely not a rock song. Uh, it's a song called More Than Words. It has meant a lot to me uh, over the years, and it's a song that I first heard uh, live in concert. I saw the band Extreme. Uh, they were touring for their very first album. This song had not been recorded yet. It was a song that they uh, they wrote while on the road uh, touring for that first album, and it was a very big departure for this uh, this rock band from Boston. They were influenced by bands like Aerosmith, uh, Kiss, uh, Boston, the band Boston itself, Van Halen. And they came out and they rocked really hard. They had, they had some really great melodies. But this one song in particular, uh, they kind of took a break in the show. They came out, the, the guitar player came out with an acoustic guitar. He and the lead singer would sit on a stool and they would play this beautiful song called More Than Words. And it was something that really stood out to me in that concert. And uh, they, they said it was going to come out on their next album. And the day that that second album came out, I went to the record store. Um, for those of you who don't know, a record store is a place <laughs> where you could actually buy music a physical building that you would drive to if you were lucky uh, at that age uh, your mom would take you and you could look through actual record albums and CDs and cassettes uh, for those of you who don't know a cassette is no I won't, I won't <laughs> so many uh, Walkmans and all that I'll yes I had a JVC auto reverse Walkman it, it was my uh, greatest birthday present ever JVC Walkman until uh, yes it was yeah. so anyways uh, I, I got that CD and I looked for that song more than words, I remembered it, um, mostly because uh, I used to get bootleg concert audio cassettes. Um, my mom would actually record uh, on her cassette Walkman with a microphone, but that's a different story <laughs> for a different day. Um, so anyways, I, I went and I found that song, and I was kind of a little worried they were going to ruin it by making it heavily produced and turn it into like this ballad with strings and all this, but it was really just an acoustic guitar and yep. their two vocals and and it was perfect It remains to me the perfect recording of the perfectly written love song. Um, And I, over the years, learned how to play it on my guitar, which was a big deal. Taught me how to play it. I did. I did. Uh, I took that guitar to college and impressed a lot of people, mainly girls, about 
uh, that by being able to play that song. My college roommate was learning how to play guitar. He learned how to play that song and tried to use it to impress girls as well. Um, and to this day, it's one of those songs that I think has it's kind of stood the test of time. Uh, it's It was a, a big hit song, but for me, it was just a song that uh, I felt a special connection to because even before it existed on a CD, I knew it, had listened to it on those bootleg cassettes over and yeah. over. And just loved it. And so I was really glad for them that it became the hit that it did. Now, it kind of became a thorn in their side and, and something that they didn't like being known for. Because, again, they were a very a very um, talented musical group. Oh, goodness, uh, yeah. Talented musicians, a rock band. And uh, it kind of became a thorn in their side. But uh, in the end, it's it's a song that has meant a lot yeah, to I know, I know. I'll be talking to people and I'll be like, uh, you know who Extreme is? Because obviously I know who Extreme is because grew up listening in the car with you they'll be like who and i'll be like you know the song more than words and I'm like oh yeah i know that song so they don't really know extreme for who they are so we didn't really get a chance to talk about kind of you and your background of music um we kind of jumped straight into the songs but tell us a little bit about your background in music and how you came to love music and kind of you've had a job in music obviously but <clears throat> tell us a little bit about your music choice and your love for it so I remember growing up, we would listen to the radio. That was really our only exposure to it. We had a record player with, a, a it, the top of the record player would slide back, and there are these, there are just dozens and dozens of record albums, and most of them were old uh, classical music or old kind of crooners. Um, nothing really interesting for for kids. But I just remember seeing those record albums and and uh, every now and then we would put one on, but there wasn't really, we felt like it was like old people music. Um, and But we would listen to the radio a lot. I had an older brother and a younger brother and, and those were the days where you'd sit next to the radio with a cassette player in the cassette deck ready to just record, ready for your favorite song to come on so you could quick record it. Yeah. And then you could listen to it over and over. We would make mixtapes of our favorite songs and and uh, I remember, uh, gosh, bands like uh, Toto and Africa. <laughs> Africa, literally that song that has had a resurgence. I remember listening to it on the radio. It's a huge we, meme now. Yeah. We would listen to Casey Kasem in the top 40. Casey Kasem, for those who don't know, is like the Ryan Seacrest of the old oh, days. Yeah. Um, and we would listen to songs like Pac-Man Fever uh, that was about video games and just cr crazy stuff, and and then we kind of fell away from music. Kind of got back into it when MTV started, and got into rock music and a lot of hair bands, and and just went to concerts over and over and over. Just went to so many concerts. I mean, you could name a band from that era, and I've seen them in concert in these little clubs or in these big arenas, and it was just it was just a big deal. I got a guitar for my 16th birthday and learned how to play and. My brothers and I had a band in our basement. We never had any gigs or anything. Did you but, have a name? Uh, we never did. We never did have a name um, I that say, I can I remember. I remember you saying you had a band, but I don't ever remember you telling me a name or anything. No, we we didn't really. We never thought like we could ever play out, but we would we would go rent a sound system at the local music store and set it up in our basement. That's and uh, <laughs> we actually. <laughs> From those bootleg cassettes, we would, uh, you know, b between the time where the band finished their main set and did their encore, the crowd would be cheering. Yeah. And so those bootleg cassettes would have like two or three minutes of just audience cheering. Yeah. And so we would 
dub that onto a cassette and loop it. <laughs> and so you'd have like an hour worth of just cheering, an hour worth of crowd cheering. Yeah. And we would play that in the background oh while we goodness. played our, our songs. And it was all, it was Motley Crue and Warrant and Kiss and all of these bands that played music simple enough for us to teach ourselves and learn. And uh, so that's how I kind of got started. And then I started writing songs with my friend from CJ from high school and, and then got into uh, college and started playing music with uh, some friends. That'll kind of lead me into my next song. Um, kind of got hooked up with the church and started leading worship and uh, playing music in church. And uh, so, yeah, that I guess that kind of leads into yeah. my second so, yeah, song. Yeah, so let's hear about your second song. The second song is another uh, softer song uh, by a, an actual rock band. There was a band called Waterdeep, who was an independent band. I know exactly what you're going to say. In, um, they were in uh, out of Kansas. They were a college rock band, and they made two independent records and uh, their second independent album actually garnered them the uh, CCM magazine independent band of the year and I happened to see their first major label release in a Christian bookstore and listened to it and and thought it was really good and picked it up and really liked it and it just happened to be we were in South Carolina. We had just moved to South Carolina. We had two little kids, a, a sweet little girl and a sweet little boy. And that's me. <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah. <laughs> and uh, our neighbor's daughter was home from college at the time, and we were talking about music. And somehow the band Waterdeep came up, and she's like, "Oh, I know Waterdeep. I have a cassette of theirs." And she had this um, this kind of cassette that had been passed around her group of friends in college called Enter the Worship Circle. And it was Waterdeep and a band called uh, 100 Portraits. And they got together. They did this little retreat where the, the three couples kind of got together and they recorded these acoustic versions of these worship songs. And it was very raw, very, 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 very raw. Not very produced at all. All just live, one take, no overdubs or anything. And one of the songs on that cassette was called You Are So Good To Me. Great song. It became, oh. it became kind of an anthem around my circle of friends that the groups, the group of people that I was playing music with at that time were church musicians, and several of them were my age and had a lot of similar interests. We kind of formed our own band, and uh, one of the songs that we loved to play in in concert and also in uh, in in church was this song, "You Are So Good to Me." Uh, it was later recorded on Waterdeep's. Waterdeep made a, a studio album where they re-recorded the song um, with a full band, and that that became a, a favorite version of mine. It was covered by the band Third Day, which, in my opinion, Third killed the day. song. <laughs> it killed the song, but I was glad that it got the song into the ears of a lot of people that wouldn't have otherwise heard it. So I was happy. I was happy for them. That, I remember that growing song, up on that song. I mean. I feel like I almost heard it every day. Did you ever play it in church? Oh, we played it all. That's the time. what I thought. Yeah, we played I mean, it all. I remember growing church. up on that song. I could probably yeah. recite every lyric to it right now. But. So that album came out. I think it was recorded in 1999. I probably heard it in 2000, and we, as recently as my the the last church that I led worship in, 
Lexington, we've done that song quite recently. It's just it's kind of come back as a as a favorite of mine. So definitely, um, you are so good to me. Uh, just just the lyrics, um, the chorus. You are beautiful, my sweet sweet song. I, yeah. I, I love God. I love picturing God as the song in my heart. You are kind of just how I exp how I express my love for others is through my love for him and he's kind of become over the years he's become the song in my heart it's not only present in my heart but it's my expression of who I am in him is is done in song and so he is in a sense not only the the object of my song, but he is the subject of my song. Mm -hmm. He is the song in my heart. So, uh, that chorus, "You Are Beautiful, My Sweet Sweet Song," um, is is really powerful to me. All right, yeah. So, uh, going into your third song, yeah, I wonder if is this going to be an actual rock song or no? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. It is a song uh, by another rock band, and uh, and it is not one of their oh, most goodness. rocking songs. <laughs> Um, hey, there. Yeah, who says who says you can't roll your windows down to you are so good to me? You know, yeah. you, you know, you can do whatever you want. So. Well, if you hear that song, then you'll look at some of Waterdeep's other songs. Right, definitely a rock band. Certainly, if you hear more than words and look at Extremes' other songs, yeah. you will definitely hear some great rock songs. Um, the band Switchfoot is the single most important band in my life. Might uh, as well. They're, their lead singer and lead songwriter John Foreman has written he has somehow continually written the song um, that is in my head and in my heart more than anyone I think ever it's it, it is legit insane like I talked about this in my last episode but I have John Foreman's handwriting and his words tattooed on my skin like that's how big, much he means to me and he means even more to my dad so yeah and I think if I had a tattoo I would get the lyrics of this song or the, probably the title of this song. Um, as I mean, that would be, that would be the thing um, that I would do. And it has kind of a double meaning for me The the song is called where I belong. So, and it's coincidentally the same title of a song that I, I wrote as a part of, uh, of the band I was in years ago. And it's the it's the song I think I'm most proud of. The lyrics I'm most proud of. A dear, dear, dear friend of mine who was in the band, Michael K, gave me this this music that he really really liked, and I was amazed by it. And and uh, he said, "Just you got to find some some good lyrics to this. I I really think it'll work." And I ended up writing this song that was based on the the story of the prodigal son, and it kind of just it kind of just flowed. I, I, I really worked on the words, but in a sense, they just kind of flowed. It, it came very quickly, and then it was fine-tuned over, over a period of days and weeks and probably months, and the band has, has performed it a lot of different ways. So I had already had the title, Where I Belong. Uh, that meant a lot to me. And then this song, um, written by Switchfoot, was... Uh, Again, coincidentally, the same title, but just even more powerful to me. Um, I think 
it's it's actually one of their favorite songs they've ever written. It's one of their most meaningful songs. Oh yeah. Um, they still it, it's it's I think they've released three albums since they've since they released that song, and it continues to be the song that they close all their concerts with. Yeah, that was on Vice Versus, right? It so, was. Yeah, that'd be three. It was. They they conclude all of their their concerts with this song. And I, I remember hearing a quote by John Foreman, who is the, the lead singer, the guitar player, the um, the writer of this song. And he was talking about their songs in general, but this one specifically, he he said it actually in concert, um, you know, I, I want this to be the last song I ever sing. Uh, they end all their concerts with it because if it's the, if this is the last concert they ever play, they want this to be the last song they ever sing. And so to me, that tells me that it's very special to them. But the lyrics that stand out to me, and it's kind of at the end of the song, he, uh, he, he writes, On the final day I die, I want to hold my head up high and tell you that I tried to live it like a song. Again, making the song being the, the, the full expression of yeah. your life. And again, as a musician, as someone who's loved music, and, and is used music to, to lead people in worship. Living like a song is, is a, a powerful visual to me. And then he says, when I reach the other side, I want to look you in the eye and know that I've arrived in a world where I belong. Uh, they've written other songs that said, I don't belong here. Um, they, they have a song uh, called The Beautiful Letdown. Yeah. And there's a, a common refrain in that song that says, I don't belong here. A lot of their quest songs are questioning um, how we fit into this world. And there's a part of us that belongs here, but there's a part of us that that won't fully belong here because we belong for a place in eternity. And, and so this song speaks to that so powerfully, I believe. And, uh, and so it's a song of hope to me. It's a song of perspective to me. It's a song of love to me. Um, there's this great quote that I wanted to share from, there's, there's a few that I wanted to share from John Foreman. There's, one he says if it doesn't break your heart it isn't love that's in one of one of his songs and i thought that was pretty powerful and then this other one says yes there are many things that are wrong with the world so many things to be against and i certainly yep. can relate to that Absolutely. in the time we're currently in but you can't be against everything at some point you have to begin to stand for something maybe the most important question is not what i'm against but what do i stand for on my best days, I want to stand for love, conquering a multitude of wrongs. I want to stand for forgiveness, for mercy, for beauty, for grace. And I, I just echo that sentiment. I get uh, bogged down by the world that we're in, that so many people um, stand against so many things, and, and I get why they do. But I just want my life to be defined, and I want people to know me based on what I'm for, not necessarily what I'm against. And so to stand for grace, forgiveness, for mercy, for beauty, for hope, those are things that I know John Foreman and Switchfoot stand oh, yeah. for. Some Those are things I want to stand for, and this song, Where I Belong, kind of puts, again, it puts it all in perspective. 
and uh, it helps me kind of feel like I have a place in, in a world uh, where I belong and how I fit in here, but then how I fit in beyond here. So yeah. that that song, um, if there's one song I want to be known for loving, there's a song that yeah. I want to be And if for. there's one song I could recommend you guys to listen to, it would be this one. I mean, the words that are added are just, they, they really make you open up your eyes. It They make you realize that your time on earth is so meaningless compared to to what your eternal life is going to be. I, I know my favorite line from the song is, um, I'm not sentimental, this skin and bones is a rental. And it kind of just puts it into perspective that this life you're living here, it's sure you have a purpose in it, but it's just a rental. Like It's temporary. Yeah, it's temporary. Yeah. Like if, if you want to truly be happy forever, then I mean, you just got to, you got to love the Lord. And, and that's kind of what he says in the song without pretty much saying it. So, that, that's more of a rock song though it, it, it rocks a little bit yeah it rocks a little bit there's and the thing is like so more than words has this very intricate guitar part you are so good to me is very very simple you could play it on a guitar around a campfire yeah. and, and i want to say with the few exceptions the song um where i belong has i think two chords it, it goes goes to a minor chord later in the song but it's super simple and there's nothing fancy about it but yet it's there's something about the power of the lyric and the overall emotion of how they captured the recording right. and just what I know about how they feel about that song and what it means to them that even that simple simple song can be super super powerful right oh yeah and a rock song doesn't have to be heavy guitars big drums although going into my three songs all three of them basically are what you would classify as rock songs um Let's hear it. going into my first song um this is probably one of the first rock rock songs that i ever liked um growing up um i mean obviously listening to stuff in the car with you we would listen to cl the classic rock we'd listen to stuff like he was talking about water deep um but it didn't come till a little game that i played at my dad's friend's house jim and jennifer aaron and this game is called <laughs> guitar hero I don't know, like, sure, it's a video game, but this this game, I referenced it in the last show, it honestly probably changed my life. I mean, it got me to love music. Um, I always liked music growing up, but I mean, I would literally come home, I feel like I'd come home from school, I'd be like, I just want to play Guitar Hero. I mean, I remember yeah. mom and dad would say, all right, you got to stop playing, like, you got to do something else. Um, you got good at it. I did, I, did, I, did I got very good, and and honestly, it made me want to learn how to play guitar, thanks to Miss Tony. Um and you, of course. But this song is on a game, Guitar Hero 2, uh, Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. And it, it seems so cliche. Um, but when I was, what, 10 years old, I didn't know it was cliche. Um, I heard the song. I, I mean, I heard the song and uh, just immediately, just hearing the intro with Slash just wailing on, on the guitar, it, it changed me. I was like, what the heck is this? songs on the game and I was like oh well, these are okay and I just continually to this day I will pick up Guitar Hero 2 and I will play nothing but this song I mean I feel like I'd almost play it with my eyes closed but the whole song I the words are great you know Axl Rose is great but Slash I mean that dude can just go at it on, on some guitar 
I mean, every time he plays guitar solo, I'm air guitar in somewhere. Me and one of my buddies, JB, it's kind of our our bro anthem for say. Anytime we hear it, we just immediately just turn it up as loud as we can, roll the windows down. So uh, it actually means so much to me that it is my current walk-up song for baseball. So. Nice, <laughs> nice. That song was written and recorded and released in 1987. So I was... 14? I was, yeah, I, I would have been a freshman in high school when that song was released. And so much younger than you are now, Guns N' Roses was a huge band all throughout high school. My senior year, my friend C.J. and I that I talked about uh, played the song Patience for our school talent show. I mean, Guns N' Roses was a huge band. Again, all the soft songs of all these rock bands I know. I'm, I'm attracted to, <laughs> but I guess that's maybe I'd have a soft side. But no, Sweet Child of Mine, to this oh. day... I mean, that song can come on the radio now, and it does not sound like a, an old song. No. It doesn't have dated production. So many songs that came out at that time, if you put them on right now, uh, found them on Spotify or something, it, this would sound like a really old song, but not Sweet Child of Mine. That song remains. We, ju- it, we just heard it, was it yesterday or the day before? It came on something. Yeah, yeah. And it was... I mean... Yeah, it's just a classic. Yeah, it, it's... Good choice. Yeah, it's... I don't know. Uh I honestly probably listen to it three times a week, and it's a guilty pleasure of mine, but I don't even care. Uh, going into my next song, um, thankful for for Mike over here. Uh, he would I would have looked like a fool without him, but it's actually a song called Bad Company by who I didn't even know until yesterday, Bad Company. Uh, originally, I thought the great band Five Finger Death Punch. <laughs> I just love the name of that band. Uh I thought they wrote it, and yesterday I was, you know, we were talking about the podcast, and I was like, "Yeah, he want to know my songs." I said, "Yeah, a Five Finger Death Punch, uh, Bad Company." He's like, "Oh, that's not right." Um, so I actually, I actually listened to the original yesterday last night, and I honestly am glad I didn't hear it because I might not like this song. I don't like it at all. Uh, what Five Finger Death Punch did, they added their their twist. Um, their guitar, the sounds of their guitar are in all their songs is so different than any guitar. It's that metal guitar, um, like our, our guest on the last show, Waffle Likes, and it's just something about it. Um, it starts off so slow. I mean, it's one of those songs uh, at, for Lander, we'll play on the club baseball team, and before every game, um, everyone driving, if they're driving separate, we all basically listen to the song Bad Company. It just starts off so slow with just a guitar, and it goes straight into the chorus, rocking, uh, the guitar, the drums. I mean, it's just one of those songs where I know for a fact I could just drive down the road and honestly listen to it on repeat. And that's why they call me Bad Company. I can't deny. Bad, bad company. Till the day I die. Until the day bang my head i'll probably get a headache from banging it so much but i don't know it's just something about that song and i, I heard it only probably two or three years ago um and probably the coolest story I, I heard about that song was my one of my roommates Paget a few years ago he actually introduced me to the song and and he said yeah me and my friends would listen to this to this duck hunting before every morning and i was like what <laughs> duck hunting i was like expecting it to be some country song and you know, i heard it and it started i was like what is this and um it, it's just, I don't know, it's something about the song. Some people hate metal music, 
It's not really a metal song. He doesn't do any screams in it. It's just a heavy rock yeah, I've, song. Yeah, I've heard the version of it. I think actually at one of your Lander baseball games. Yeah, it was my walk. It was song yeah, last and year. I was like, and I didn't realize you didn't know. I thought maybe you're like, oh, this cool new band did this cool song that I like because as a, I'm surprised it's not on rock band actually because Bad Company was a huge. I mean, they were a super group. Paul Rogers was the singer of Bad Company. I never Company, even heard of Bad who Company. Who actually. Um, has toured with Queen after Freddie Mercury died. He they've gone on many tours before. What's his name? That's going with them now. The guy from American Idol, uh, Adam Lambert. Has yeah, been touring with Queen. So before, uh, before Adam Lambert was touring with Queen, Paul Rogers from Bad Company was touring with Queen. And uh, yeah, do yourself a favor and look up Bad Company. They're uh, along the same uh, in the seventies rock around the same kind of vein as Led Zeppelin, Boston, um, Super Tramp, all of those bands of the 70s. Um, Foreigner is a huge comparison to Bad Company. Uh, ACDC, that, that vein of, of 70s, just hard rock music. And uh, so they've got some great, they've got some great songs. Feel Like Making Love, Bad Company. Yeah. Um, some other classic rock songs that are, that still live live today so do yourself a favor and check bad company out but but definitely check out this cover because i'm a big cover song aficionado i love yes. i love a good cover song and i give that one my uh my stamp of approval for sure oh, wow. i was proud of you that you that if you're going to pick a cover song that you picked a good one yeah so uh i i also if you like heavy metal music recommend five finger death punch they got some really good ones there's some that'll make you scared but there's some just like bad company they do a cool they actually do a really, really cool cover of House of the Rising Sun. Um, it's kind of like a spooky theme. I, I really like it. But going into my last song, um, I feel like in every single one of these episodes, a Switchfoot song is going to make it somehow, some way. And it made it with, with Mike over here, and it's going to make it with me. And it's arguably probably their most rock rocky song. Uh, it's called Dark Horses. Um Dark Horses, if you don't know Switchfoot, you probably know this song. Uh, a few years ago, ESPN played it during uh, college football games. Um, just the, the, the Originally, they wrote this song for kids in San Diego. Um, a lot of kids that, that were orphans, um, they were kind of just looked down upon uh, as the Dark Horses. And, and kind of not using the term Dark Horses um, as something bad, he turned it into something good, like, hey... We're the dark horses. Like we're still capable of anything and everything that you're capable of. You can't count us out. You can't count us out. And it's just one of those songs that, despite the fact that it, literally you could jam to it all day. The guitar and the drums are so good. It's the words that really make me rock. Um, just the fact that he's talking about these underdogs and and I not that I want to be like oh, in my life I've always felt like an underdog, but there's definitely times in my life where I felt like it. And this song really just. It made me feel like, you know what? Screw you guys for calling me an underdog. Like, I'll, I'll call myself the underdog, but I'm going to come out and I'm going to do great things. And this song just really hits home with that. Foreman, just such a lyrical genius. Um, it's just, it's one of those songs to me that will forever 
uh, have a like a, a deep place in my heart. It's it's not necessarily the music that gets to me, which you know me, I'm a sucker for good music. The the song could have crappy lyrics, and if it has a good beat or good drums, I'll listen to it. But this song has both, and it just mm-hmm. really identifies who Swishfoot is as a whole. Um, if you've heard any of their more recent stuff, it's uh, it's unlike any of that. Um, this was really their last album where they wanted to rock. There's a few other songs, like the closing song of this show is is an Afterlife by Switchfoot. That's another rock song too. Um, I'm not really sure Same why they album. yeah I'm not even sure why they ventured away from it. They kind of cha- they didn't change their identity, but um, not yeah, that it's growing. I think yeah they they've kind of been there, done that. They wanted to see what else they can do. And don't get me wrong, their new music is great. It's just I sometimes I miss this old Switchfoot, but. Um, I don't know. Dark Horses, that, that's my... Out of all three, that's the biggest one for me. Yeah. I, lo- I love the lyric, uh, we've been running up against the crowd for the Dark Horses. Yeah. Uh, we've been down, but we've never been out. And, yeah. Oh, you know, it's, it's just... In life, there's there's times where it's important that, that you need to run against the crowd because the crowd's taking you in the wrong direction. And it takes some courage to do that. And this song, again, singing about hope, um, you can be down, but you're not, you're not, you know, don't let anybody count you out and, uh, don't count yourself out as much as anything, you know? And, uh, yeah, you were saying it, there's songs that you like because of the words, there's songs you like because of the music. This is one that has powerful music mm-hmm. and powerful lyrics. And to me, those are, those are the best songs where you can, you can really hone in on the words. You can really hone in on the music and it, uh, it it stands it stands on its own so good choice yeah so uh that'll be it for the sec- second episode of three songs and the truth um we did it thanks yeah i mean this this episode is super special to me this episode will probably be my favorite one out of all of them uh because I, ta- I mean yeah i get to talk with the person who introduced me to music and, and made me love music so that's always fun um, so thanks for being on, Dad. Um, My pleasure. Been calling you Mike. Thanks for being on here, Dad. <laughs> like, love you, so, um, so be sure to share the three songs that rock your socks off in the comment section below. I'd love to hear them. Uh, if any of you Switchfoot fans are out there, I want to hear your favorite Switchfoot rock song. And as always, tune in next time. We'll have an all-new guest. We're going to hear three songs that I listen to and they listen to when they're in a bad mood and then in a sad mood. So uh, it's going to be a little more touchy than the last ones have been. We've been talking about life-changing songs, rock songs. This time we're going to listen to songs that not don't put you in a bad mood, but maybe get you out of a bad mood. So as always, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. Yeah!